Hello and welcome to another episode of Speed Mentorship. My name is Matt Mackler, your host. Well, here on Speed Mentorship, our goal is to help you be a leader that others want to follow. We're going to do that by interviewing top-notch leaders who are world-class at what they do. We want to peer into their minds and uh, ask them tough and challenging questions and see uh, what sets them apart and what makes them successful. Super excited for today's guest, Calvin Sweeney. I've known Calvin for many years. He's a good friend of mine. And I think one of the takeaways that you guys are going to get from this is uh, just the heart of Calvin and his wife, Christine, that they have for people and for the community. It's one that's um, very inspiring and one that I think is going to help, um, I think, inspire all of us to be you know, just a little bit better. But Calvin is a powerhouse leader with just a tremendous amount of experience uh, he started up multiple different businesses, and uh, I'm really excited for you guys to learn from him today. And so without further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. Calvin, thanks for joining us here today. <laughs> Matt, thanks for having me. I'm super excited about being here this morning. Uh, I know you have a tremendous passion for leadership, so yeah, yeah I just was kind of stoked to be coming this morning to talk to you about all things leadership. Very cool. Well, I think what would be helpful is to just kind of kick us off with a little bit of background about yourself and uh, kind of talk about some of those things. In terms of especially leadership, um, one of the things I think is interesting to note about me is that um, man, I discovered a passion for leadership uh, in my early teens. I uh, found myself a captain of a wrestling team, captain of speed skating. Um, and then uh, even at the martial arts center that I was at, I was a sampai at 15 years of age. And for those who don't know what a sampai is, it is like the, the junior sensei. Yeah. And that's usually not given to a teenager, right? Yeah. And that's like, like not done. Hey, 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 don't mess with this guy. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so I'm, I just noticed this, you know, as I was growing up. And so, man, I just went into leadership at the university. Um, got my doctorate in leadership um, in educational theory. Uh, lead the Tabernacle Church. Um, president of an organization called the Art Tatum Zone. And knew on my resume that I'm super excited about. I'm the new uh, chaplain of the University of Toledo football team. So those, oh, that's kind of what's going on. So this guy's busy. I mean, there's busy and then there's Calvin. He's just doing a ton of good stuff. And Calvin, I've just always admired your guys' heart and passion. You and Christine, you know, your heart and passion for people and just serving out the community. And I just, you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for you guys, and so I'm really excited to, you know, dive into today's session. So. Well, Matt, thank you for mentioning that you're excited about myself and my wife's uh, initiatives, because I am married with kids, so yeah. uh, I've been married for 24 years. Um, my wife and I have raised four kids. Um, one's graduated from college. One is about to graduate from college. Then we have a sophomore at Pitt University, University of Pittsburgh, and a 14-year-old cheering machine. That's awesome. <laughs> that is so cool. That's so cool. And obviously, with I think a successful organization, and if you're going to get in leadership or business at all, you're going to be facing challenges and you know, uh, adversities, and there's going to be all these things that are going to be thrown at you. So I'd just be curious, what are some challenges that you've faced with, and uh, how did you overcome some of those? Man, well, man, I mean, that's like the, I mean, in 2022, right? I'm going to say what everyone's going to say. Yeah, exactly. It's the pandemic, right? <laughs> it's a global pandemic. And a war. And I mean, what else can we keep throwing? The, right, thing, right. Man. It's like log after log yeah. after log. It's crazy. <laughs> Oh, um, 
I would say, though, um, because for us, our organization, the Art Tatum Zone, um, really is in the business of helping people. Um, when the pandemic hit, people's a need for help obviously didn't stop. And so, um, you know, we, we were faced with how, how do we now serve and help people um, in different ways, right? Um, you know, with the limitations that have been imposed upon us um, because of uh, different mandates by government, by CDC, um, by people's fears, you know, that they've imposed upon themselves and, and, and how do we still serve? And we believe compassion drives innovation, right? Compassion drives innovation. Like, like when you love someone, you're gonna figure out a way how to help them, right? So, um, yeah, necessity is the mother of invention, but so is compassion. Like, because I can see a need, and but if I'm not motivated, there's but compassion means I see the need and I'm motivated, like to do something about it. And so, for us, it was like, okay, how do we start dealing with people in different ways to to help them um, be better, um, whatever that means for that individual. And so, we just had to figure out how to have different service delivery mechanisms um, to get people what they need. Then, um, because of the pandemic, um, there was uh, this increased need, right? And so it's like, oh, wow. Mm. Not only do we have to think differently in terms of how we get it to them, but now the number of people that, that we have to serve has increased. And so um, what does that mean? And so, again, that the innovation, okay, love finds a way. Like, there are more people that have a need. Um, we have to become more efficient. We have to yeah. become more effective, you know, that type of thing. And then the third thing was, hmm, because there are more people, um, that means our staffing increases. Like, just, huh, but it's in the midst of a pandemic, and it's a great resignation. Okay, how are we finding people, like, in the midst yeah. of this? And, and onboarding them in like real time because there's real needs and and, and so what we just continue to do man um, literally um, love is patient <laughs> so we just got to be patient you know we just got to kind of sit in this um, and, and love unselfishly seeks the best so how, how do we continue to make make what we do better how do we continue to bring people on in the best way um, and uh, I just think through con consistent communication conversation and reflection um, we come up with innovative, innovative ways to pivot and to continue to, to reach a greater, um, a greater audience um, that was in need. And, and I just love that you, you took all those challenges and turned them into opportunities to just serve people and serve the community. So that's, um, so, you know, as you're recruiting people, you know, you have multiple different companies, multiple different things that you're working on and doing. Um, and, and as you're looking at talent and like recruiting different people on your team, um, how do you find and attract the best people out there? You know, what's the what's the approach? <laughs> Man, so I, I would probably have a different answer uh, pre-UT uh, Chaplin, right? Yeah. Because football is all about recruiting. College football is all about that. And uh, if you're going to recruit the best, the most talented and most gifted, they're not coming to a program. They're not coming to a business that's not successful. They're just not. So if you want the best to come to your program, you need to make sure your program is the best, right? You need to make sure your business is the best that it can be. Yeah. It, it may not be the best in the industry, but it needs to be the best yeah. that it can be, right? Yep. And you need to become the, the type of business that you think the top person would want to be at. Yeah. You know, and, and, and they'll want to be there, right? Because they have options, the, the best and the brightest. And then number two is you have to use your network, right? Um, I can't tell you, you know, people have said about the University of Toledo football team, you used to have recruits mostly from Ohio, but now you got Florida and you've got New York and Maryland, like, like you seem to be all over the country with your recruits. Well, it's because they lean on their coaches who come from these various cities and states, right? 
who have influence there, who have an opportunity to look at the talent pool that's there. Yeah. And so as leaders, we can't think that we're the, the be-all and know-all to what's out there. Um, we have to make sure we position ourselves in different professional associations. We need to make sure that our executive team, you know, that they're looking at, they're involved in different things in the community or maybe in the region or maybe in national organizations so that you're not you're not limiting your pool to a certain region or maybe not even to a certain industry because there are a lot of people and talent that can come from under other industries where their skill set is transferable so I would say be the best version of your organization that you can be and then lean into your your other employees and not just the executive level because I can't tell you how many players we've recruited because one of our players played with them yeah not because a coach knew them yeah but because of player knew a player who was at Alabama who's now not getting as much play but they're like a five star yeah. and they know and they can let you know so though I wouldn't dismiss even your frontline employees from being a part of identifying people that can come to your team and make a huge impact that's out so, so you have this phenomenal team, you've recruited the best people, you got all this great stuff going on. You know, what kind of tips do you have from a cultural perspective to make sure that people are engaged, people are successful, and uh, the culture is the very best that it can physically be? Right, because you can recruit the best people, and they, they'll only stay so long, right, depending on what's going on. Number one, you have to have a culture um, uh, of trust. Yeah. Nothing will kill because we know and and, and, a lot of research has been done that people don't leave organizations. People leave people. Right. And so you've got to create a culture of trust like you got to be hiring that and you got to be constantly like 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 uh, imparting that into your into your organization about trust and then communication and um, multi-dimensional communication like you got to have a culture where it's not just one directional communication but but multi-directional it's not just even two-way like up and down but across departments like you have to have multi-dimensional communication you have to have trust and then beyond that you have to have a culture that that wants to win because no one um, if you and I'm going to be Forgive me for people who aren't into sports. Again, that's I'm just kind of my vein right now. But no, no one wants to be on a team if you're never going to play a game, right? Or no one wants to be on a team if you're never going to keep score, right? So um, you got to have a culture that celebrates, you know, success or progress and winning because it makes people want to come back to work. Like if there's never any indication that I'm doing better, I'm doing well, or I need to address this or I need to address that, then people just kind of go blah. So I got to create a feedback culture, which I know about your organization. Yeah. You got to have a feedback culture. You got to have multidimensional communication. And, and at the heart of any relationship, remember a business is a, 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 a relationship. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and unless we forget that, you know, we can get so much into business strategy and philosophy, but at the end of the day, it is a group of people coming together to accomplish a specific mission. And in any relationship, if trust isn't there, it'll fall apart. No one wants to be a part of it. That's that's phenomenal. Um, that, that's fantastic. Kind of switching gears a little bit, what would you say are, are some of your biggest weaknesses? And I think more importantly than your biggest weaknesses is how, how do you deal and manage with those? Because we all have weaknesses, we all have stuff we struggle with, but you know, how do you manage and cope and, and deal with some of those weaknesses? So, wow, man, it's gonna sound cliche, Matt, but I, I found that 
Um, the biggest weaknesses that I have to deal with are in the areas of my strength. I've gotten real good at areas that I'm just not good at. I don't even know if I would call them weaknesses. I'm just not good at it, and I don't know if I'm going to ever get strong at it. Yeah. So you find people to put on your team that kind of compliment you there. Yeah. But where my struggle is is where I'm strong, and that's probably true for a lot of leaders. Um, you know, And I don't know how many people of our listeners are uh, familiar with the Strength Finders Assessment, um, but for me, in my top five, two that uh, – that can be weaknesses for me or it could be danger areas. Uh, number one, I'm a learner. And then number two, I'm an achiever. So, man, I'm going to learn about it. Yeah. And then I'm going to go after it, right? Yeah. The problem with learn, being a learner is sometimes you have to recognize when good enough is good enough. Mm-hmm. And um, being a learner and a researcher, you know, we were always taught that you you research something, you study something into saturation, to you you've read everything that you can read about it, learned everything you can learn about it, and it's just regurgitating stuff. And you're like, okay, I have exhausted this subject. Yeah. And now it's like, now let's do something. But you know running a business and running an organization, you don't always have the luxury to exhaust the topic or area. Like you gotta make some decisions, yeah. right? <laughs> so my learner, my 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 uh, internal learner can get in the way sometimes of uh, they say perfection can get in the way of progress. Yeah. My desire to want to know more sometimes can slow me down. So I have to work on that. Um, and I my wife and I um, you know we we lead our organizations together so um, I can kind of bounce off her. Like um, I might say hey Am, am I pushing in this too long? And she may say, yeah, you are. You know, so sometimes I'm self-aware. Sometimes I'll ask for feedback on that. Yeah. You know, uh, the second one, though, is the achiever in me. You know, I've always been an achiever. Right. And and people who have that strength, you know, they just can go relentlessly for hours and days and weeks. Yeah. And you're exhausting people. <laughs> like you're wearing them out. <laughs> and you're like, what? Where's that? Where? Oh, OK. Yeah. So. Um, and, and, and so in that, I think the weakness in that for me is is not um, celebrating small wins or even celebrating big wins because it's always, well, where's the next game? Where's the next match, right? And, and your team is like, we did something good, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, so I do. I mean, self-awareness is probably one of the biggest um, attributes that a leader can have yeah. is self-awareness, right? Yeah. Um, and so I'm just really, like, honing in on the fact that those are two areas Stop. that I have to really think about intentionally. Yeah. It is It is not instinctual. So <laughs> solid. I can relate with you there. Um, so kind of a, another another good, you know, point on the you know on the weakness side is from a stress standpoint you know we we all experience stress we're all you know going through different stressors in our life all the time um so i think what would be helpful and what i've noticed in like world-class leaders is they have techniques tricks things just they look at stress differently than i think a lot of other people and so i think what would be helpful um, for us and you know and you know and our listeners would be you know how do you cope with you know, when you get stressful or think about different stressful situations, you know, how do you cope with some of those things? What kind of mechanisms do you have in place to do that? Yeah, some of them, I mean, they're, like, you're right, we do, we do have um, uh, tools that we use to kind of deal with stress. And uh, one of them that we as leaders have to be good at doing, some of us may be innately better at it than others, but we have to develop that skill. And that's to be able to compartmentalize, like, because, 
if, if we don't, we can become overwhelmed. Like the stress begins to hit us. Uh, some of us instinctually know like, okay, that's something for me to focus on later. I only can take so much. My body's only designed to take so much stress uh, for so much time, amount of time, right? We, we weren't designed. That fight and flight isn't something that we can just live in, right? And if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves like in a hospital, you know, <laughs> unhealthy, right? Yeah. And so one of the things to cope with stress is to compartmentalize, like only focus on what's right in front of you, you know, until you get to the end of the day and you got that reflect time. So, you know, I, I tend to try to put things in compartments, kind of focus on what's next, right? So I don't get overwhelmed, but making sure I do have those moments in my day where I can reflect so I can kind of get that, that overview look, that 30,000 foot look. But if you're always looking at that, yeah. man, you're oh. going to be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like one of those things, you know? And so, so, so maybe for somebody who has trouble compartmentalizing it and maybe you can just do it or you can't, are there other, are there ways to help get you into the mindset to be able to say, you know what, I just, I'm not going to focus on this right now. I'm going to, uh, I'm only going to focus on the thing in front of me. Yeah. And it, it is, it is telling yourself that. So there, um, so I work um, with a couple of medical students um, and we get to do some cool things. So working with these medical students and, you know, they spend 14 hours a day studying in the books and they're doing whatever. And they'll tell you, they said, you know, we don't worry about tomorrow. <laughs> they'll tell you that. Like we like we know we have uh, boards in April. Right. But but we've got to get through today. And so they intentionally like uh, what's the next thing on their schedule? What's the first thing on their schedule? And what's the next thing behind that on their schedule? That's as far as they go. And then they look more because they say they're going to get overwhelmed. So one thing that we have to do is just be intentional and have an internal dialogue and maybe not even internal because honestly, sometimes I'm audible, right? Sometimes I'll say, Calvin, <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Focus on what you need to focus on that's in front of you. Yeah. You know, uh, same with my football team, you know, the UT football team. We can't worry about next week's game. We got enough to worry about today's game. Yeah. When we get through with today's game, yes, we'll worry about that. And so it is having that internal dialogue and sometimes even say it out loud if you need to, that I'm only going to focus on maybe the next two things. That's so solid. You know? That's solid. Very cool. Um, and, and so again, with that, you know, another thing that I, I think has resonated with me more over over the past couple of years, just your self-talk and your mantras and some of those things, like that's a great, like humble perspective with a lot of these things, but you know, are there other mantras or self-talk or things that, you know, you're consistently, you're this inner dialogue that, that you're having with yourself that is very beneficial, you know, um, that, that other people could benefit from hearing. Yeah, so, um, man, one thing that I think that allows me to keep going and not um, get discouraged and defeated um, in my leadership, you know you experience a lot of adversity. You know, every day doesn't go the way you plan it to. It's, it's like anything, whether you are um, drawn up to play for a football team and, you know, of course, if all the X's and O's line up, it's a touchdown every play. Yeah. But but we know it's not always a touchdown every play. So so how do you deal with the adversity? How do you deal with when it's not a touchdown that day, right? Um, one thing I always say to myself is, let it teach me, don't let it touch me. I can learn from it. But I, if I let it touch me, yeah. it, it gets in my gets in my soul like it, it can pull me down and weigh me down and, and and i can go to a place that's not healthy and you got to fight through that and so i'll say to myself immediately okay yeah gotta teach me 
not gonna let it touch me. So good. Let's keep moving. Yeah. You know. Um, that thing might have failed, or that might be an external failure. I am not a failure. I can learn from it. I can grow. I can do all those things. That's that's powerful. Very cool. Um, and, and then kind of the last question that I have is just, you know, as far as advice goes for the next generation, we've got a lot of young leaders here. We've got a lot of, you know, people kind of new in their leadership career and some of these things. So what kind of advice would you have for the next generation of leaders? <laughs> I think I'd give two pieces of advice. Um, one is, yeah, leadership. Uh, yeah, you should definitely learn as much as you can learn, i.e. through um, books and podcasts and conversations. Then you got to do. Like, like it's, it's like driving a car. It's like driver's ed, man. It's like, man, we've learned everything about signaling and stopping and braking yeah. and mirror. But it's not till you start adjusting that rearview mirror. You know, it, it's not till you actually put the car in reverse and feel what it feels like, you know, to back up and you're turning this way, but the back end is going the other way. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. it's not till you do that. And so I would encourage, you know, young people to, to get involved in organizations that whatever or type of organization at whatever level to start having some experience and, and not at all just be podcast, podcast, podcast. You know, you got to actually do it. And the second piece of advice I would give to the next generation is make decisions that are beneficial to your future self make decisions that would be beneficial to your future self. You know, set your future self up for success. Yeah. And I think that is helpful for a younger person because it's, it's hard when you're dealing with um, uh, the, a, a fresh generation that's coming behind you. They don't always appreciate looking up the road and it's hard for them. They're not really wired to do that. But when you say, hey, what conversation would you want your future self to have with you? What, what would you want that to look like? And I think that helps them kind of get a, oh, 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 okay, yeah. Yeah, that's cool, so, very solid. Callum, thank you so much for your time today. Just really appreciate all your uh, words of wisdom and everything, man, appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Well, hopefully you guys found value in today's content. I know my top takeaway uh, from today's session was, let it teach me, don't let it touch me. And I think that's so powerful because it's one that we can use all of the time because we're always going through challenges or um, trials or failures and if we um, if our identities are attached to those and we think that that is who we are then um, you're not going to be able to learn from it if you're not able to externalize a lot of those things so I just thought that was super powerful to say hey you know what you know that failure is uh, external to me I am not a failure and I can learn from it and I can grow from it and I can get better, and I'm going to ultimately let that teach me. So I thought that was super powerful. If you guys found value in today's content, you know, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Rate us and review us would be helpful. Um, and then, you know, I'd love to hear your top takeaway as well. So, you know, uh, drop us a line um, in, in the comment section. Let us know what your top takeaway was from uh, today's talk. And in general, just appreciate you guys being a part of the leadership community, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.